0: Morning. We are continuing on uh, Psalm 8 in our series Worship and Wonder. And each year we like to begin um, with uh, the love, care, communicate our mission statement, and uh, it's something that we came up with uh, a little over 11 years ago when when we began Lakeside. We talked about what do we want our church to be about. Um, and, uh, and and we, we wanted to come with a simple approach that God said it already in his word that we don't need to be creative or come up with different things. We just need to listen to what God says. And so when you look at our we believe statement or our, you look at our we commit statement, it's, it's just God's word that he says that he's revealed himself to us. And so... Um, We looked at what Jesus left, the first, uh, the greatest commandment, and the second greatest commandment in Matthew 22. When asked, he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the law and the prophets. Jesus said it right there that we are to love God, Um, And we are to care for others, to love others, uh, love our neighbor as ourselves. And so love and care come straight from these two commandments. And then as Jesus was um, departing this world, he gave the disciples the, the command. He said... All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In this verse we get, communicate his word, take it to the world. And so love, care, and communicate. It is the first and uh, second great commandments, and it is the great commission that he has given to us. And it's all all authority has been given to Jesus, and he speaks to us in authority and calls us that as a local community, uh, to love God, to care for others, and to communicate his word. And so <clears throat> as we turn our, our hearts to, and our minds to Psalm 8 here, we believe that because love, care, communicate is so embedded throughout scripture that as we turn through the pages of scriptures, we will see the call to love God it's a continued through the revelation of who he is or for the direct say, come and follow me, that God is saying, here's who I am. Here's what I've done for you. And he, inviting us into that love relationship. And then we see through the scriptures that God's, in his revelation of himself and his love for this world, that he cares for the, the people of this world. And so he's called us to care for others as well. And so all throughout scripture is the importance of taking care of, of the, the weak, the vulnerable, the community, uh, the sojourner, and then also the importance of then heralding the good news of God to tell others about who he is. It's on every page of scripture, and it ought to be in every part of our lives. And so let's uh, look at Psalm 8. This morning, we'll read it in its entirety. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? and last week, Peter reminded us of the importance of being aware of God's presence and to love God, to, to see this uh, call to praise and God's majesty everywhere we see and in the, in the, to love God. And as we then go through this and see that love and care, care is another way to say love others. So love and love in covenant covenant faithfulness with our God and then care as we uh, work it out with others that we care for others, that the love that we have for God uh, is then displayed in how we treat others. And uh, so as we uh, began the service and the call to worship um, in First John chapter 4, if you actually, if you want to turn there in your Bibles, we're going to take a look at First John chapter 4 um, for a moment. But as I just selected that for the call to worship, uh, one of the verses sat with me as a considering our, our passage today uh, of how Psalm 8 calls us to care for others. And so in 1 John 4, we're going to go with verse 7 and then read through verse 12. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love, does not know God, wait, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this is the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if we if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. <clears throat> and we'll stop there. Um, what a great passage with so much in both of these passages, and part of it, um, propitiation is one of my favorite biblical terms, so I like to use it as often as I can. But today is not about propitiation. It actually makes me think of one of my first sermons. Um, for those of you who might have been here a long time ago, Um, Coming fresh out of uh, seminary, I I, I wanted to preach a sermon on propitiation, but I was like, I can't talk about propitiation without imputation. I can't talk about imputation without justification. And so I titled my sermon, Justification, Imputation, Propitiation, Pardon Me. And uh, for me, that was just a funny pun that I used, but um, I thought I could handle three major doctrinal issues in one sermon. And I think I went 55 minutes and confused everybody. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm not going to do that today. This is not, not about that part. But um, the, as we consider the love God has for us, uh, the verse I want to hone in on here is, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And, uh, and so the first point today is beloved. Beloved. Straight from this passage, beloved, it's a, it's a, a term of the uh, loving relationship we have for God. So last week, if it's about loving God, it starts with, are you a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you in a relationship with God? Uh, <clears throat> so when we look at our, our passage in Psalm 8, it says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, there's a relational tone to this phrase that god's revealed name, and so when we consider this that um, the words used here in our English Bibles, it has "Lord in all caps, our Lord and just capital L that's two different Hebrew words for Lord, O Lord, all caps is the, the term for Yahweh. Some Bibles may translate it Jehovah. But it is the self-revealed name of God. When Moses met him on the mountain, God said, I am that I am. He revealed himself as Yahweh, as a self-existing one, the faithful covenant-keeping God. That he's not dependent on anything else, but he is faithful to himself and faithful to his word. He cannot lie. He will not lie. He will always accomplish what he says he will do. And it is the personal name that God revealed in the Old Testament. And so here, the, the psalm starts with this beautiful phrase of calling out God in the known name that God had revealed himself. That um, it is not a just a random God that could be interpreted in different ways. this is a very specific phrase. I know Yahweh, I know the Lord, I know the one true God, and you are our Lord, our master, our leader and this This sense of a uh, faithful covenant community um, is is here so it Here, to know God, to be in a relationship with God, to love God, means that we are part of a caring covenant community. We're a part of a household of faith. As um, Paul says in Ephesians 2, says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. That what, who, what we're talking about, when we talk about caring for others, we're, we're talking about the household of God, the community of faith needs to learn to care for one another and care for others in this world. See, when Jesus called you, when Jesus saved you, he didn't save you to isolation, but to a community, to the church. He, he called you to be a follow of his and to treat others the way he treated others, John 1, 12 and 13 says, But to all who did receive him who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. When we're talking about beloved, we're talking about those in a close relationship with God and relationship with God's people. Uh, So he's addressing us. Uh, to come together and worship, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Again, your name uh, being revealed, it is this relational tone, this excitement of, man, God is real. God is present. God loves us, and uh, I know God, and we know God, and we're together here to celebrate that relationship. So, So, beloved, if God so loved us, if God so loved us. Psalm 8, 3 through 4 says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? There it is, care, right in the middle there, care. Uh, care for others today. When uh, when we read this, some commentators um, like to say that David was just looking at the insignificance of man here. And uh, uh, and. I can uh, empathize with that statement. When I get out um, on a clear night, I love to look at the stars and see the vastness of it. One of the, um, one time that just always sticks out to me was when I was uh, in the Dominican Republic in high school. We went on a mission trip there. and uh, So first time far away from electricity, one night we went out to a, uh, the middle of the field with our lanterns and flashlights. And sat on a, a basketball court, and then our leader had us just shut off all the lights um, and just lay back and look up the stars. And it was like, as we shut those lights off, it's as if the stars reached out to us. And it was just like, the darkness was so dark, but the, the stars were so close and big, and it was just like, Wow. How vast is the universe? How amazing is our God who created that? And then talking about the light that had left the star 150,000 years ago is now arriving and that God created history uh, to, to re- reveal at that po- point in time that, man, I, the light that we see, God sent forth in motion. And it's just amazing to see that. Or I love going to the mountains and climbing in uh, the mountains. There's nothing better than uh, getting to the top of a mountain and looking out and just being... Uh, just being amazed by God's marvelous creation. And um, and then just, it's a lot of work to get to the top, but once you get to the, the apex of the summit, you're just like, man, this is beautiful. Look at God's creativity. Look at his creation. And then again, to go out to the ocean. And just stand there and be amazed at how big the ocean is and the, and the, the just the constant churning of the waves and and hearing all the all of it and just kind of soaking it in and saying, "God, you are so big uh, and then, as john Mark mcmillan wrote if if grace is an ocean you know it 's like man, grace is so big and so amazing uh, that uh, God is is beyond our understanding how big that is but we could look at all those things and say, wow, man is insignificant. And, and I think it is something we should be humbled when we look at God's creation. But I, I think miss the point when you're focusing on the insignificance of man here. David is overwhelmed with the fact that God says mankind is significant. He's looking at all these amazing things you created, God, yet you say you love me. You say you love us. Like why? Why, why would you love us? What kind of love is this? And it is to be like overwhelmed with joy that the creator of the universe would look at you and me and say, I love you. I've paid special attention to you. I'm calling you into a relationship with me and and to be overwhelmed with his love. So if God so loved us, um, we should pay attention so that we can care about what God cares about. God cares about humanity. God cares about you and me. God cares about others, and so therefore we ought to care about others. We ought to care about the creation that God calls to himself, uh, that invites into a relationship with him and loves him. See, God is a perfect triune Godhead. He lacks nothing. He has uh, com- uh, you know, complete love for fulfilled in the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, lacking nothing, and he invites us into this beautiful relationship uh, all with all our faults and our failures and our sins, and he says, come to me, and I will give you rest. I will cleanse you, I will purify, I will invite you in, but we come as we are. We don't have to clean ourselves up to come to God, uh, and that's something we need to help people see, that it's not about getting your life right and then following Jesus, it's about knowing who Jesus is. As you are, and allowing the relationship with Christ and the community of faith to disciple and bring people to uh, live more like Christ. In John fifteen, twelve says, "This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends." Says so we. Um, go into the New Testament, and we look at the the word love here. It's is from the Greek agape. It's uh, the love that is self-sacrificial love. One commentator was talking about um, how this is the frustrating love, that when it is, we, we kind of get so used to using love for all kinds of different um, directions and, and words, and we miss this point oftentimes. That every time that saying love one another or love God. It is self-sacrificing. It is giving of yourself to love others. And uh, it is not to be a selfish love or an easy love or just a, a casual. It is I am giving. I am sacrificing. I am being like Christ to love others. And Jesus exemplified that in laying down his life for us who he calls friends. Romans 5, 7, and 8 says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us and that while we were were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we're still actively sinning against God, Jesus Christ came into this world and died for us, shed his blood for us when we were opposed to him, enemies of his, and yet he still pursued us with extravagant love to care for us so much that he would enter into our space and provide a way for forgiveness and for healing so that we could uh, be in a relationship with him, to love him, to worship him together corporately, but also that we could have a community of faith uh, that we belong to that we can care for and give of ourselves uh, to others. And so when we see how much God loves us, it should flow into the way we care for others and care for this world and so beloved if God so loved us we also ought to love one another because God loved us so much we need to love one another Uh, and back in Psalm 8 it says in verse 6 you have given him dominion over the works of your hands you have put all things under his feet Uh, As we look at this, going back even to the, the Garden of Eden, the creation of man, um, and the, the call uh, for man, mankind to work, uh, to take dominion over the world, that, that God has called us to be creators, to be uh, workers, to be stewards of His creation. Everything we have comes from God, it, uh, it is God's gifts to us to use in our lives and for uh, His glory. And so all that we have, we need to see first comes from from God and is for the purpose of blessing others. So we also ought to love one another by care for others, by stewarding stewarding God's gifts. Galatians 6.10 says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Again, here a special emphasis on the household of faith as believers, as a community. Jesus says that the world will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another, specifically for believers. As we um, learn to pay pay special attention to our household of faith, to our uh, fellow believers in the community that we live in, we create a community that um, the world does not understand. And they will look to that community and say, I want what they have. I want to know what it's all about, why these people who are strangers come from different backgrounds, live in different cities, um, but they all come together and celebrate as one. Um, and there's just one big family. As they did in, in Acts 2 and Acts 4, we see examples of this in the early church. Um, and so I'll just read Acts 2 42. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And we see a unique experience here in the early church as people were coming together and coming to faith and becoming excited about their faith and began to flow to their perspective on their own possessions, on their, their time, on their efforts. And they said, I'm going to take what God's given me, and, he, and I'm going to use it for others. And, uh, and it is this, this understanding that as we love God and become more like Christ, it will affect our gener- generosity and our spirit. Um, and, you know, one time in study, I realized that... Um, Generosity is a sign of righteousness. It is as someone comes into a right relationship with God, they begin to understand God's good gifts that he has given to us and that they are a steward of that gift and that God's gifts are for the benefit of all people, for his glory and for all people. And so it is about uh, loving one another, caring for one another and saying, how can I use what I have uh, to bless others? And uh, uh, Comedian, I I really appreciate his name's Michael Jr. Uh, He has a a series called Laughing on Purpose, and he uses his comedy as a way to bless others. Um, but uh, and a few times he he stops his his shows to talk about what is the problem, uh, that he sees, who are the people, and then what can I give. And uh, and he looks at um and in a couple of different places he's been able to connect people with some pretty cool heartwarming stories about a family who adopted a lot of kids and they needed a van but they couldn't afford it and, uh, and and he did was able to connect people with that person strangers bought this this person a van and blessed this family and it was just it's a powerful story but then the from from getting a lot of people to give a lot of money to buy a van for a specific family was uh, was an awesome story but one story in particular was a um, A family had uh, lost their special needs child, and he found a local artist who was a pizza delivery guy and connected him, and he drew a painting of the, the, the father and the son, and it was just beautiful. And just to see how someone using their special skills they're, they're what God's given them to bless the heart and to see the transformation in each of these stories. And so I, I would encourage you uh, to check out Michael Jr. Laughing on Purpose and a couple of his stuff on YouTube. And um, he's, he's really hilarious, but uh, he also has a way of just bringing the truth of God's word alive through comedy and through humor and then getting serious real quick. And it's a, it's a way he was uniquely gifted to care for others. And, uh, and one of the things, other things he said was he used to seek to, to give, to get laughs. That was the way he praised himself when he could make other people laugh. And then God changed his focus to like give joy, to give laughter. Um, so not focusing on himself, but how do I see people and see that? In this world, people need joy. They need something positive and healthy to enjoy. And, uh, and God used him on that. And so each of us have gifts that God has given to us. Um, When we come to faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit indwells each of us and gives us gifts uh, for the community of faith. Um, Spiritual gifts and... And sometimes we, we never really know what we have until we begin to explore what God's Word says and what the community of faith says. And sometimes it's stepping into a need um, and getting outside our comfort zone, and we begin to learn um, that this is a gift God has given to us uh, to use for the community of faith. And uh, for me in particular, I grew up— loving mechanics and working in the garage with my dad or building things uh, with him. And my plan in high school was to go uh, into some form of way of using my hands. I, I actually was gonna go straight from high school into the Marines and, and do demolitions construction because I could build stuff and blow it up. That would be fun. Uh, but coming out of that, I could get into just something uh, to, to use my hands. I, I liked staying behind the scenes and I hated talking in front of people. Um, <laughs> but I found myself in different places where I just kept getting pushed out in front of people to share my testimony, to share a word, and, um, and just being affirmed in, uh, in different ways from several different places, and something I was so uncomfortable with and I was so terrified by. But every time I stepped out, I felt the joy of the Lord and I just like, this is something I wanna pursue. And so by the end of a summer right after high school when I went on a mission trip and that was one of the places that I just kept getting pushed out to speak, to share with others, to share the word of God. uh, I said, this is what I wanna do with my life. And that's why I I began to pursue um, pastoral ministry and and youth ministry. And uh, it's because God gifted me in a way that I wouldn't have known without the community of faith giving me opportunities and, and then people being willing to speak into that. And so when we come together, we need to see that we are loved by God. He calls us beloved, the, the family of a, a covenant love with God. Old Testament chesed, That's the faithful covenant, the, the love in New Testament agape, the self-sacrificial love that we are the beloved community. God loves you so much. So much that he sent forth his son into this world to die for you while you're still sinning and to call you into a loving relationship with him. And he goes beyond that to give us the Holy Spirit. He goes beyond that to give us the community of faith. And he he promises his presence and his awareness and his word uh, will always be there for us. And so he loves us so much that he wants us to love one another to go beyond ourselves, to look at what we have, whether it's time, whether it's a talent, whether it's a possession that we can use to bless others with. And as we do, we help other people see this God so they can also say, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word that you have given uh, that reveals who you are. Lord, that calls us into a relationship to to see you, to worship you, uh, to wonder at your amazing love and gifts that you've given. Lord, uh, as we consider the love that you've demonstrated in your son, Jesus Christ, and how he lived this perfect life and demonstrated love and care for others that we too might um, see that we are your stewards of the possessions. Everything we have is from you and, and is to be used to, to serve and to give to others. Um, may we find that joy. Um, may our community of faith continue to grow closer to uh, you through love and worship and then closer to each other and that we would care for one another and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.